The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. It's almost 20 years since her first book, P.S. I Love You, written at just 21 years of age. In between movies, TV and more novels, her latest is called In a Thousand Different Ways. Cecilia Hearn, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Now, uh, this is a very unusual book. It's quite different to uh, your previous works, I think, because we have a character with a very unusual gift. Yes. Character's called Alice and she has the ability to see people's moods and emotions and kind of their aura in the form of colours around their bodies. And so just by looking at them, she knows exactly how they're feeling, how they, you know, how they hurt, if they're in pain, if where they feel joy, you know, all the positive and negative things. And if that colour travels to her, then she can also feel exactly as they feel too. No, so, we meet her at the beginning of the novel. She's only Alice Kelly's only eight years of age. Yes. So she's a young girl, but she has this extraordinary ability. Now, the colours, we've often heard the term the red mist. Mm. And anger is associated with red for some reason. Um, but she sees her mother in blue. Yes. And that suggests the blues. Exactly. Yeah, and that's how it begins. So she walks into a room and it's, completely lit in blue. Um, and then I suppose her mother is has bipolar disorder undiagnosed at the time and she doesn't know on any given day what mood her mother is going to be. So she starts analysing her and starts studying her and this is where her skill develops. Um, the more she reads her mother, the more she can see these colours and that spreads to, to her family members and then it spreads to everybody. So for the rest of her life, she can see everyone in the form of colours. Is the colour infectious then? If you're in the presence of people who are blue, do you become a bit blue yourself? Yeah, and I wanted to write about what it's like to be empathetic. You know, it's a story about empathy and about being highly sensitive. Um, I would consider myself to be an empath and at times very sensitive to what other people are feeling. And I think we can all relate to when we walk into a room and you pick up on the vibe of a room or, you know, of the energy of a room. Um, But sometimes if if you're a highly sensitive person, you can feel what the other person is feeling and, and and that can be good and bad. You know, you can have people who feed you with energy and people who drain you. And so she's trying to navigate her own life while constantly feeling all the stuff of everyone else around her. Because we all know those people who literally suck the energy out of you. <laughs> they wear you down. Uh, and I'm not sure what colour we'd paint them. Dark brown maybe <laughs> might be the, the uh, appropriate colour there. Where did the idea come from? It came from wanting to write about empathy, you know, about wanting to write about people who are highly sensitive and empathetic. And um, not everyone is, you know, not everyone knows what it's like to be empathetic. So I thought if if we could see emotions and if I used colours and show how, even though it's a book, show how visually a mood can be transferred from one person to the next, then maybe it would make it easier for people to understand. Because I often think that we call people sensitive. It's like an insult. Oh, you're very sensitive, you know, like man up or, you know, you know, get stronger and, and that kind of thing. And, and sensitivity is, is a power in a way, you know, to understand and feel how other people are feeling is a good thing. But what the character needs to learn as well is how to shield yourself, how to protect yourself from all, you know, yeah. everything. I mean, you could be feeling. worn out if you're empathising all around you. Exactly. Be a little bit selectively empathetic. Yes. Might and be I think the best way to exactly. Go. And what I learned as well was that, you know, empathy doesn't naturally equal compassion because you can feel everything that everyone's feeling but not necessarily want to help. Um, so that's something that, you know, the character has to learn as well to, to look after herself, number one. Now, the idea that uh, such a thing exists in nature, this thing called, which uh, is mentioned in the book, of course, that the aura that you might have with a migraine. 
Exactly. Well, this, you know, I got this idea a couple of years ago and I didn't want to write a magical fantasy book. That wasn't my aim. I wanted to write a very grounded, real thing about someone who, you know, can connect with people. And when I was pregnant uh, with my third child, I experienced these aura migraines, which I didn't know anything about them. I'd never heard of them. So what were you experiencing? Yeah, so they have stroke-like symptoms, which is quite scary if you don't know what's going on. But also you can see there's a light in your eye, like you can see these kind of colours. And I went to a neurologist and he explained exactly what was going on. Um, You're not mad, you're pregnant. You're not (laughs) mad. It's kind of, it's funny how the hormones can can change, how it was just phenomenal to me. But he also explained that um, uh, Lewis Carroll, who wrote Alice in Wonderland, experienced aura migraines as well. And that's why um, Alice in Wonderland is the way it is, you know, with the Mad Hatter speaking in this kind of garbled language, you know, when things are bigger and smaller and things seem further, but that close things seem further away. It's all the things that you experience with an aura migraine. And I just needed a way in to telling my story. Like there's one thing to come up with an idea, but for me, I need to know how do I get into that story? So I felt that having these conversations with the neurologist and this experience, that would help me to see what it could be like for Alice. Now, the the, the family, uh, as I recall, they live in Finglas. Yes. And they are small in number. The dad is gone. Um, but there is an arc to the story. This is not just about a child. It is not. I mean, we, we meet her at eight, but it's really about her whole life. And, and we meet her till the very end of her life. Not, not a spoiler, but that's it. And it is about how, her, how she tries to navigate this world being the way that she is. You know, how can she fall in love? How can she, can she have children? You know, how, how does she live feeling what everyone's feeling? How can she turn this thing that she feels is a burden into a gift and it's and it's really about her life. Now I'm hesitant to do any spoilers at all but is it possible that she meets somebody in her life who doesn't have any colour at all? <laughs> well this is the thing and um, she does she sees somebody who has <laughs> I didn't no want to give too much away. <laughs> um, yeah and she's um, and I think what that does is that for the first time ever, she meets somebody that she can't read immediately. And this is the one person that she actually has to go learn how to form a real relationship with because she knows everybody's secrets. But this person, she doesn't know anything about him. So he teaches her how to be human. Um, so, yes, a love story develops. Yeah, there's never a Cecilia Hearn book without <laughs> a, a love story. Um, she is also, if the the right word, I think it is, burdened mm. with the care of her mother when her mother becomes quite ill. Yes, that's the thing. I mean, she, as a young child, she's very misunderstood because of what's going on. She acts out in her behaviour. She's bad behaviour. So she's sent off to a behavioural school um, for years. And then when she finally is released to live her own life, her mother becomes sick and then she's kind of stuck with her to become her, her carer. That's how she feels. Um, and I did, you know, I write, I wrote a lot of that during that second horrible lockdown that we had that long grey January um, when when walking was the only kind of um, joy that we had. So she's going out a lot in nature and trying to find um, positive energy out in the natural world. So that was kind of taken from from real life. Um, but yeah, so she gets, she learns how to, to bring positive energy and joy into her life by, by getting her hands in the soil. Are you still handwriting in notebooks? Still longhand, yes. Yep. Yeah. I'm still, I don't know how many authors do it, but I'm still <laughs> writing longhand, yes. Yeah. And a, a book a year is the objective? 
Yep, I book a year, so this is the 19th, and I will have another out this time next year. Yeah. I mean, I can go back interviewing for the very first book, P.S. I Love You, which yeah. is so long ago, but it seems like yesterday. It does, yeah, and we haven't aged a bit, Pat, so that's the great thing. <laughs> <laughs> or at least aged in parallel. So, so, in addition to all of this, and I don't know how you fit it all in, because you've got a busy family life, you've got a busy writing life, then you've got the... Uh, promo and publicity tours and then there's the movies and television and mm. all of that I mean uh, do you kind of car- compartmentalise your life? Oh absolutely yeah and I think I'm learning to as uh, over the 20 years uh, learned how to um, you know spend I suppose spend less time writing but it's more focused so I'm really only writing for about four hours a day um, and and that's intense, focused, a good four hours, you know. um, Can you get peace and quiet at home or are you disturbed or would your children sort of be sitting in the corner on iPads or whatever while you're writing away quietly with your fountain pen? (laughs) With my fountain pen, it's a Bic. I'll use a Bic, I'm not not fancy. Um, Yeah, actually, as they get older, it it does become easier. I do have a little three-year-old as well, so there's, there's, there's no really writing while she's in the room. But with the other, with the older two, it was nice, particularly during lockdown, to be able to take those moments and have have us all in the room together and, and be able to work that way. But I do need a lot of silence and focus and ideally... What you need is a companionable silence. Yes, That's absolutely. That's what they call it. Yeah. <laughs> but I also, I don't know if you know about my forklift experience because you mentioned the TV and the film, but now I am a licensed forklift driver. <laughs> How did that come about? <laughs> so one of my favourite days out, um, apart from writing, but as an author, is to go to the warehouses where I sign my stock and, um, and and you do sign maybe thousands of books thousands. that go to booksellers. Yes, I love it. I, I love seeing the palettes of thousands of books. It's it's a lovely feeling for me. And I sign them all and then I know that they're going off to the bookshops to and then eventually to meet their readers. That's a lovely feeling. But a couple of weeks ago, you know, I was in Eason's and Argosy and Bookstation and I asked them all if I could go on their forklift and everybody said no. And the last guy said, um, if you come back with your licence... <laughs> we'll yeah. let you on it. So on Friday, I was at the Irish School of Motoring and I learned I have my forklift license. My so, goodness. Um, yeah, so next so time. So you can literally shift your own books. <laughs> I can literally shift my own books, yeah. Although someone did say, how are you going to get them from the warehouse to the shop? So maybe I have to get a, a van license now. <laughs> yeah. HGV license for HGV the number of books license, that you sell. Yeah. And uh, huge numbers, in fact. How many millions of books have you sold in um, many languages? Well, um, over 30 languages and 25 million books, I believe, I'm told, the last. Yeah. <laughs> and do you hear from those uh, readers in far off countries reading your stuff in other languages? I mean, do oh, you get yeah. feedback? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, especially now, you know, with social media, you're getting tweets, you're getting messages on Instagram, um, emails, letters. Cecilia here in Dublin will get to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it's, it's amazing. And I think no matter where people are from, they're connecting to the stories in the same way. And that's what's really fascinating. Even though we have different cultures and different backgrounds, um, at the heart of it, we're all the same humans, you know? Yeah. So it's, I, I remember, um, I think it was at the time of your last book, I was talking around the same time to Karen Slaughter, the author, and she mentioned that you were one of her favourite writers. Have you heard of this Irish girl, Cecilia? <laughs> <laughs> that was a lovely moment because I'm a huge fan of Karen Slaughter and I fangirl her. So, um, yeah, to, I, you, you, you played back to me what she said the last time and that was one of the best moments. <laughs> now, uh, back to the telly and what's happening there because Roar is being adapted. Yes, it's now on Apple TV+. Plus. It's so already it's on. It's already on, um, yeah, starring Nicole Kidman and 
um, um, many other amazing actresses. There's a different actor, actress in each episode it's based on the short story collection I had a couple of years ago. So that is now on Apple and um, love it. I'm so proud of it. It was a real joy to work on that. I, I often think back to the, the, the first uh, encounters we had at the time of P.S. I Love You and um, no one could have envisaged the career that you've had for no. almost 20 years. It's no, fantastic. No, not, not even I. And I think if I tried to achieve this, I, it just wouldn't have worked. It was all kind of very natural, um, absolutely from the heart. I just wanted to write a story for myself. And, and because that's the way it worked, that's what I'm quite stubborn about repeating each time I sit down to write a novel like this is another one for me um, and if I can connect with it then I think the reader you know the magic of books is that the reader gets back what I put into it You like to see yourself inside your own characters Yes I do have to connect with it in that way I have to see the world from their eyes and that's again where the empathy comes in All writers are empathetic you know we have to see the world from other people's eyes By the time I get a copy of your latest book you're probably already a book or a book and a half ahead of me are you? Yes, I am. Yeah, I'm working on the next one. Um, but I, I've already written another. Yes, so I'm, I'm, I'm exactly a book and a half ahead. A of book you. and yes, a half. You're ahead right. Of me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, look. Uh, the current book is called "In a Thousand Different Ways." It's in every good bookshop now, possibly signed and delivered by forklift <laughs> by the author herself, <laughs> Cecilia Hearn. Thank you very much for joining us the studio Thank today. You. Thank you so much. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.